And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. of the internet continues to roll back in. Welcome everyone. Thanks for being here. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Let me turn that down just a little bit. Can't hear myself. So here we are, it is Thursday, and I am going to say um, I, am, I am feeling a little, a little raw, um, because I am now going on close to 30 hours being awake. Um, I, I've been awake since about 7.30 yesterday morning so i'm i'm a little i'm a little ragged right now but we're going to get through this it's going to be a short show uh just because of that <coughs> anyway okay so hi everybody welcome uh give a shout out to everybody who is listening to this show as a podcast we've got listeners in russia and germany uh canada uh, all over parts of eastern europe australia new zealand it's good to have all of you with us if you want to listen to this show as a podcast, it is available on a number of different player platforms. And, <coughs> excuse me, we also have um, the uh, Discord server where you can uh, join the conversations over there. As we are broadcasting live to YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, and Twitch, those chat widgets are open so you can uh, talk with us live if you're here. If you're here after the fact... Uh, you can leave a comment. You can send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. I do read all of them. <coughs> Even the ones that take me to task, that call me out. <laughs> I don't get those very often, though. That's good. So, a couple of really quick follow-up bits. Uh, somebody mentioned yesterday. I want. I want I, was it Keeley? So who? Somebody. Somebody said it in the chat yesterday. Might have been Matthewine. I don't remember. It might have been Cam. Uh, Diablo Four. Diablo. Diablo. Diablo Four. Early access unlocks tonight. <coughs> if any of you are interested in any of that, it unlocks in the UK. At uh, at 12 a.m., what is BST, British Standard Time, uh, New York, 7 p.m. Eastern, California, 4 p.m. So all of that's going on tonight. If you any of you are interested, that is going on over there, Xbox tweeting that. Of course, tonight we've also got our... 
Star Wars discussion as the Star Trek sound effect goes off. The Star Wars discussion in the Ranker Pit. We're talking about the next three, the second set of three episodes for uh, Visions Season 2. And of course, I do want to remind everyone, coming up on Saturday, episode 600... Uh, it'll be a special broadcast at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. So join us for that. Invite your friends. <coughs> Share the links. By the way, we're still sitting at 2420 over on YouTube. Hmm. Uh, an update on something what we've been looking at here. You remember a guy named Peter Rice... Bob Chapek called him onto the carpet. He used to work for 20th Century Fox, and then did, the Walt Disney Company bought 20th Century Fox. And Peter Rice, I guess, was looking to be the incumbent appointed son, the next in line when Bob Iger stepped down as CEO, and, and that didn't happen. And Peter Rice was apparently pretty vocal and the whole Disney versus DeSantis, Florida kerfuffle. And Bob Chapek didn't cotton to that too much. And he pulled uh, he pulled Mr. Rice in and said, you're fired. In a very unceremonial seven-minute meeting. Well, Peter Rice has landed on his feet, signs a film and television production deal with A24. This is the company that gave us everything, everywhere, all at once. A24 has been cranking out quite a bit of material over the last few months. This is Jesse Whitlock writing a deadline. Nearly a year after his Disney ouster, Peter Rice has re-emerged. The former Disney General Entertainment chairman has signed a deal with A24 and will for the first time enter the independent production space, Deadline has confirmed. Production and co-financing agreement will see Rice working on a non-exclusive basis with the Everything Everywhere All at Once studio. Should A24 pick up a film or a TV project from Rice, it will be financed through the studio's banking relationships. The projects will target global distribution, theatrical release, and streaming services. So basically, it's... Peter Rice is hanging his producer's shingle at A24. And with it being non-exclusive, that tells me pretty much it's going to be A24 has the right of first refusal, and if they don't want it, he can shop it around to somebody else. So good for him. Peter Rice has landed on his feet with a production deal. <coughs> so there is that. And then we have our topic for today. I mentioned I mentioned the wild wild west rolling back in. I've seen I've seen a lot of discussion in the Comicsgate community about which crowdfunding sites do we use and who do we associate with and who do we shun and who do we argue with and blah de blah de blah de blah de blah. And a number of a number of people have mentioned launching their books on their own sites. Michael Brancroft is doing it. Uh, we've got, you know, Eric July over at Ripperverse, 
doing all all of his thing. And yes, I've sent an invite to Eric to uh, to talk about some stuff. And it feels like we're going back to the '90s, early aughts. In in those days, where every one of us, all of us, had our own website. You know, sci-fi for me dot com had a site. Clownfish TV's got a got a site. You know, you've got ain't it cool and bleeding cool and and uh, the Mary Sue, io9, Nerdist, all of these. The big difference now is that a lot of these sites were bought up by corporations, media conglomerates. And the latest one to fall victim to the current economic climate is comic book resources. Sci-Fi <coughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Stop says, you, uh, I like Jason's new rumpled look. It makes him look more dangerous. <laughs> Uh, this is the sci-fi for me. The wrong side of the tracks were well. Yeah, it's just it's just me. It's just me being tired. <laughs> That's all it is. I'm old. I can't do. I can't do twenty-four hour, thirty-hour marathons anymore. I just can't do it anymore. Not very often. I'm gonna feel this one for a couple of days, folks. <coughs> CBR is going to feel this for a while. This is pop, pop verse uh, covering this. The comic and pop culture journalism website CBR just laid off its editor in chief. Now, this is the beginning of things. Uh, this is Graham McMillan writing on May 30th. So, this starts a couple of days ago. It's all changed in the comics journalism field once again with the editor-in-chief of CBR.com. One of the most trafficked comic and pop culture sites online revealing he has been let go from the company. According to a post on social media network LinkedIn, Adam Swiderski was notified this morning he had been laid off by CBR owners Valnet. No further information was forthcoming with Swiderski writing, I'll reflect later, but for now I need work. Okay. Swiderski is not the only one of the executives who have been let go or have left. We also have this article, also in Popverse, and this is from later that day, I guess, CBR is going through a major overhaul due to culture and performance issues. Now we get a little bit more in-depth. In addition to its editor-in-chief, the site's senior news and feature editors have also been laid off. Now this is also Graham McMillan writing this. Following the news that CBR.com had lost its editor-in-chief, Popverse has learned that two more senior executives at the site have been laid off by owners Valnet Inc. as part of what's being described as major structural changes intended to change the culture of the site as a whole. Hey, I wonder what's going on there. 
In addition to letting Adam Zwerdersky go from the position of editor-in-chief, Popburz has learned that Valnet has also laid off senior new editor, news editor Stephen Gerding and senior features editor Christopher Baggett. Gerding had been with CBR for 18 years, beginning as a freelancer in 2005 before working his way up to its current position. Baggett, by comparison, had been with the site since 2017. A statement from George Edelman... Valnet Inc. content director that was shared in CBR's internal Slack channel explained that CBR, quote, CBR will be undergoing major structural changes related to turning the corner on both culture and performance. With those changes meaning, quote, as a result, certain roles no longer exist and we are focusing on individuals who can create a more positive culture going forward comic book resources is gone now whatever comes out of this at cbr.com remember cbr comic book resources started out like any other site ain't it cool us any, any any of the sites that were covering science fiction, fantasy, horror, comics, pop culture, video games, any any of that stuff. There was a guy put together a blog. There was some money. Maybe sold some ads. Did some articles, and you have a website. And for a lot of us, it was flying by the seat of your pants. For some of us, it still is. Limited resources, you do what you can, when you can, with the resources that you have to hand. <clears throat> and some of these guys blew up. Big traffic, lots of audience, lots of participation, lots of readers, a lot of eyeballs on your material. And that attracted the attention of the corporations. Geek and Sundry, Nerdist, io9, Kotaku... Uh, the Mary Sue, Screen Rant, Newsarama, Games Radar, all of them have been snapped up by thing, companies like Valnet or Adams Media. And as soon as that happens, as soon as that happens, the culture changes inside these companies. The focus changes. And as we've seen in the last five, six years, a lot of that leans toward the clickbait. And CBR was so bad at this and generated these these clickbait headlines with such ferocity and frequency that it sparked someone creating a CBR headline generator. It's offline now. <coughs> but I remember when it came out, and you could just click the button, and it would pop up with whatever, something that sounded like a CBR headline. Five reasons why Green Lantern should wear pink in May. Yeah, you know, something stupid. Half of, Half of their articles now are listicles of some sort. Ten reasons why we like this, but five reasons why this is terrible. The top ten X and O fill in the blanks, you know, and and that was that was pretty much all it was. Now occasionally they do some pretty good articles on stuff, 
but they devolved. They they lost their way. And most of these sites do that when the corporation takes over from the individual entrepreneur. Like like me. <coughs> you have uh you have this situation now where who knows what CBR is going to look like. But they have been decidedly uh on a side in the last few years do they do they bend the knee do they toe the line when it comes to ideology and identity politics and all that other stuff well i mean it's 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 corporate owned probably Well, who is Valnet? Let's look at that for just a second. Who is Valnet? The world's leading media investment company. They're based in Canada. The worldwide digital media publishing company that owns and operates several highly authoritative brands spanning several verticals, including entertainment, technology, automotive, gaming, and aviation. Valnet specializes in acquiring and operating properties that are mission critical in their respective environments. So basically, they're looking for the top dogs. The number one, number two sites in traffic. Who's Who's got the eyeballs? And they own quite a bit. And I'm not sure if there's a list here. But you've got well. Let's see here. Here, let's let's look at their press releases. Just these are the headlines from 2022. Valnet completes the acquisition of Snack Media Limited. Valnet completes the acquisition of PocketLint.com. Valnet completes the acquisition of DualShockers.com. Valnet completes the acquisition of TopSpeed.com. Acquires XDA and digital publishing portfolio of Busy Pixel Media. These these people have been been pretty busy. Acquisition of SimpleFlying.com. Simplefly, Man, I'm not awake. Acquisition of SimpleFlying.com. Acquisition of MovieWeb.com and TVWeb.com. Acquisition of AndroidPolice.com. Valnet continues to build its authority in the entertainment and pop culture verticals with the acquisition of Collider. This was back in 2020. All of these companies are owned by Valnet. Big corporations. Game Rant reunited with Screen Rant and Valnet acquisition. Did you know that, that Screen Rant and comic book resources were owned by the same company? They bought them all the way back in 2016. Now let's look at their profile over here on Crunchbase. They have 12 acquisitions. They have... They're based in Montreal, Canada. Founded in 2012. <clears throat> Founders, Hassan Youssef, Oysam Youssef, and Wissam Alame. Those sound very Canadian. 
Do they not? I mean, this this sounds like Paul Chato would just fit right in. <coughs> Lists featuring this company, Canadian stuff. All right, let's look at their financials here for just a second. This is a... Uh, Valnet has acquired 12 organizations. The recent media, uh, their most recent acquisition was Snack Media in October of 2022. So let's see who they own here. They own Snack Media, Pocket Lint, Dual Shockers, Top Speed, Busy Pixel, Simple Flight, Android Police, Collider, Make Use of Game Rant, Show More. Oh. So they've been busy. And back in the day, there was a big push. I think Lionsgate, if I'm not mistaken, I think Lionsgate bought Nerdist and Geek and Sundry. I know they're owned by the same company. I think it's Lionsgate. And then when Gawker Media imploded over the, the Hulk Hogan stuff... <clears throat> that got all sold off piecemeal. And you have, I think, Gawker Media Group that that holds on to some of that, but you've got Kotaku. But then you had io9 get folded into Kotaku. And then you had Games Radar absorb Newsarama. And some of these websites have started to disappear over the last few years, kind of getting folded in because they can't hold on to the audiences that they once had. Some of that has to do with the attention economy. There's so many things out there. There's so many so many channels to watch, so many websites to look at, all of the people that are doing this kind of thing. Uh, you have a lot of choices these days that you didn't have back in the 90s. And the early aughts and the teens. You, you just didn't have as many. And now, now you do. <coughs> and because of all of that competition, you have these sites getting called out by a lot of us, for certain unacceptable behavior, let's say. They take political positions. The Mary Sue is very, 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 very much guilty of this. Bleeding Cool is a, is a gossip rag that occasionally stumbles into to journalism. You have all of the sites that are, you know, I mean, MovieWeb, TVWeb, any of those uh, red shirts, uh, all all of those f in the in the fan sided label, all of those are on the same level as we got this covered, and and what's the other one? Uh, giant freaking robot. The, the trust me bro sites the 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 Mike Zero type sites uh, oh really Death Angel Shadow gives us a little bit of an insight here uh, Wissam Yusuf who is one of the co-founders of Valnet uh, got started by acquiring adult sites really 
Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, how much how much money does that generate anymore? Was involved in oh really? Was involved in Mind Geek. Interesting, because Mind Geek was just recently in the news. What six, six or seven months ago? Because Mind Geek owns Pornhub. And they got hit, if I remember right, they got hit with either some kind of a government thing slapped them or a lawsuit or something over certain material that involved a certain age group that's a certain level of legality. Yeah. Interesting. Now, look, if he got out of Mind Geek, he's getting out of that stuff, and he's going into, you know, entertainment media, all good. More power to him. I mean, you do what you do. But that's an interesting connection there. See? See? My audience brings value to the table. You are all important and special here. That's interesting. I might have to uh, I might have to share that little tidbit of factoid with some other people. <clears throat> okay, so so Valnet owns comic book resources. The thing is, and Clownfish TV has done a number of videos on this and they've talked about it on their socials a lot. Neon has has stayed on top of this more than anybody else that I've seen, although I think other people are paying attention to it. I think uh Culture Casino has touched on it a little bit. Advertising revenue for sites like ours, for um, Comic Book Resources, Mary Sue, Nerdist, all, all of those, <coughs> advertising revenue is down. Has been, cons has been consistently, <coughs> excuse me, has been consistently moving in a downward trend for the last four or five years. Some of that is the marketplace. Some of that is the corporations taking a political position that they shouldn't ought to take. And they're feeling the pinch because people are leaving those sites. People are no longer paying attention to those sites. File 770. They're they're going other places to get their news and commentary on pop culture related stuff. Nerdrotic, Geeks and Gamers, Drunk Three PO, uh, Nina Infinity, Anna that Star Wars girl, Ethan Van Skyver, Clownfish TV, Just Some Guy, uh, Comics by Perch, uh, Thinking Critical with West, Midnight's Edge. And there's all sorts of different options out there. WDW Pro, Valiant Renegade. Uh, you know, uh, comics division, culture casino, all the all of these people talking about this stuff. Whether it's comic book focused, or if it's video games, or if it's just general entertainment, there are a lot of options, <clears throat> and it's kind of similar to what happened when the World Wide Web was first introduced to the public and a lot of these print journals, these print magazines like 
Starlog, Fangoria, Cinefantastique. A, a lot of these couldn't make the transition to digital. And a lot of them died, never more to be seen except in some archive somewhere. Now, Fangoria is back, and I would love to have Starlog back. I would love to be Starlog, come, come to think of it. But the, the landscape changes, and it's changing again. And the advertising is going away from websites like Comic Book Resources, which begs the question, where is it going? Where is the advertising money going if it's not going to pop culture news sites? I'm glad you asked. This is an advancedtelevision.com article here. Study digital leads 2022 ad spend. This is from this is this is today, June 1st. Wait, digital leads 2022 ad spend. <clears throat> Interesting. To understand the state of TV and video advertising, entering the upfront and newfront season. Now, the upfront is the TV network, the broadcasting cable network saying, here are all of our shows, buy our ads. You know, buy, buy ad time, you know, put your commercials on our shows. That's the upfronts. That's the networks and the cable, the, the cable operations, you know, your HBOs, your, your uh, TNT, your WGN. WOR, ABC, CBS, CW, Fox, all that. The new front is the streaming stuff, the 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 online digital, you know, uh, CW Now, um, Peacock, Hulu, all of those. In, any of the any of the digital networks that have an advertising tier membership level. <coughs> To understand the state of TV and video advertising entering the upfront and newfront season, advertising intelligence and sales enablement platform Media Radar analyzed a data sample of ad spend from national broadcast and cable TV ads. Data pertains to January through December of 2022. Key findings include Digital advertising is outranking TV. In 2022, nearly $144 billion was invested in digital, print, and TV advertising. So that's the total spend. While TV still makes up 41% of total ad spend, digital was the top-ranking format, making up 47% of all buys. So slightly higher, but significantly higher. Over $68 billion was allocated to digital formats. These formats include display, online video, native, and paid social, among other formats. So, <clears throat> this is talking about the advertisements that get served up to you when you go wherever it is that you're going to go. If you're going to go to the broadcast networks like ABC, CBS, you get TV commercials. That's that's traditional television advertising spend. If you go to the ad-supported cable channels like uh, like TNT or WGN, TBS, uh, Sci-Fi Channel, 
USA Today, any of the network, any of the cable networks that have ad commercials. Then you have in this what they're talking about here for display online video. This this is all of the stuff that gets served up when you go to a website. You go to CNN, for example, and you'll see either a banner across the top, <coughs> some still graphic that says, buy Arnica cream, get rid of your bruises. You know, that's a display ad. If it's just, here's a picture, you click to go to the website, that's a display ad. Online video would be pre-roll commercials. If I'm going to someplace like YouTube, or if I go to one of my local news channels, or you know anywhere where I go, and there's video, and there's a t there's a commercial that gets served up prior to the video that you're going to want to watch, whether it's a news item or a review or whatever, that's online video. Uh, native and paid social. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those, <coughs> and that's. Those are all of the places where the money's being spent. But it's not being spent on the pop culture entertainment. Not the not the rage bait sites. From the article continuing, four out of the top five categories buying TV ads are top digital buyers as well. Not surprisingly, big spenders from finance, media, and entertainment. Retail and tech brands drive digital ad sales. Those are the companies, those are the categories that are buying the space. They're buying the ads in all of these spaces. <clears throat> TV investment for these, with the exception of media and entertainment, is down year over year. However, each of these categories are up year over year in digital ad sales, representing a shift in the market toward digital advertising among top sellers. We're in the 90s again! We're in the 90s again. This is this this all has happened before. The big shift because and and, and there was a writer strike then too. In 1988, there was a writer strike in 2007. We're cycling through this kind of thing all over again. They're looking for the next big thing, and the next big thing they think is going to be digital, and they're looking at the media landscape. Streaming isn't making them money, which is why we're seeing a lot more fast channels, free ad-supported television channels, which basically is a TV channel, your regular broadcast networks. they got, got commercials in it. The money is going to... Old-style online ads, not streaming. <coughs> That's interesting. Here's an interesting note. This is item number four from the takeaway of the study. Online video advertising is up. Online video. So that's, I, I make a 15-second video that says, hey, come look at our channel, and I'll buy 
ad space on Google and it it feeds that spot to you on YouTube at some point ahead of the video. That's online video advertising. It's up and increasingly more important to advertisers as it rose 86% year over year. Media Radar observed 31.1 thousand advertisers spend an estimated $28.2 billion in video advertising during 2022. Top three categories advertised via online video during 2022. Software, $1.9 billion. Pharma, $1.4 billion. And film promotion at $1.4 billion. So the movie ads, trailers, combined spend nearly reached $4.8 billion. This is only 17% of total online video spent. So your top your top 3 categories are spending only 17% of the total amount of money on online video. Which means there's a lot of other categories, there's a lot of other companies that are spending money on online video that aren't TV TV trailers and pharmaceutical ads. <clears throat> That's interesting. See, and that's one of the reasons why we build in breaks in a lot of our shows is so we can tell Google Ads where to interrupt us with these video ads because, you know, we got to generate some revenue here. <coughs> and companies like Valnet recognize, I guess, I guess they're anticipating, I guess they got something internally that's telling them, hey, you can't do this kind of site anymore. You got to do something different. I mean, look at what uh, look at what Nexstar is doing with the CW. It's it's not about the social media chatter anymore. It's not about the social media clicks and and discussion and the likes and the shares and the retweets and the whatnot. It's about profit. We have to make things what make money. Money go brrr. Money make the machine go brrr. We need money to make the machine go. I think, I think, what I'm going to have to do <clears throat> is get the staff together and tell them to put on their Ferengi hats and let's start brainstorming a little bit. I would, I would love to have the audiences that some of these websites have, even, even in their decline, they're still pulling in quite a bit of traffic. I wouldn't mind having a percentage of that. Of course, I have to actually publish the reviews that I still have yet to write. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Mark's working on something. Christopher's working on something. I think Mindy's Mindy's reading another book right now. She's going to be uh, putting a review out uh, in, in short order. Tim's got something I think he's working on. I don't know. We got, we got a we got to look at everything that we're doing and strategize a little bit. How do, how do we take advantage of this? Not necessarily how do we take advantage of, of CBR's decline. I mean, that's certainly a bad thing when you lose your job. There's no question about that. I have sympathy for all of those people because I have lost my job that way before, too. But if these companies are spending all this money 
on media sites, on, on digital media, digital platforms, then we ought to be looking at some stuff. I guess, I guess somehow we need to connect with the ad agencies that are putting all this stuff out there and send there go, hey, we got this a little site over here called sci-fi for me.com. And we got this little operation over here called sci-fi for me TV. And we have places for commercials, sponsorships, partnerships, and we're not expensive. We're not. I can put the ad rates out there if anybody wants them. I mean, we're we're not we're not expensive because we don't have a huge audience. I, I, that's that's it right now. That's a, a an obvious given. But at some point, maybe fingers crossed, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, as we say in the south, our audience gets bigger, our value gets. Bigger, higher, and we start attracting more attention, not just from more audience, but advertisers, potential advertisers, and not corporate investors. I said it on Twitter the other day, I will shut this thing down before I sell out. And that's how it's going to be. You know what, Cam? That's not a bad idea. That's actually not a bad idea. I need to think about how we would structure that. It it doesn't have to be a lot of money. I don't know. What do you guys think? This this hour is sponsored by Cam One One Three Eight, who is great. I don't know. Is that worth? Is that worth twenty five dollars? Okay. And then, how long does that contract run? Is it just for the one one time mention, or do we do packages? You can sponsor the whole week for a hundred and fifty dollars. <throat> I don't know. I just, yeah, that's not an offer. That's not an official sales pitch. Okay. I just with that. That would be something I'd have to really noodle on, and see. I, I'm intrigued by that idea because you normally think about companies. You know, I have I have had numerous conversations with Stuckies because Stuckies is making a comeback, and Stephanie Stuckey has bought the company back. It's now in the hands of the family once again, and she's rebuilding this brand basically from the ground up. And I've had so many conversations with her. It's like we have we have event coverage we've got comic-con coverage people travel to these things this would be a perfect match you travel to a comic-con stop at stuckies i haven't been able to convince her yet though <clears throat> but i mean come on you going you guys are going to the dallas meetup next weekend you know dallas fan expo you know the culture you know culture casinos guys and and comics division and and friday night tights all you guys are are doing the meetup in dallas stop at stuckies and get you a pecan log right you can do that i haven't convinced her yet i'm working on it i would love to have 
sponsors and advertisers. Something to think about. I don't know. Anyway. <coughs> and we could we could we could separate out if some of you wanted to sponsor the podcast version of these shows, we could do that too. I, let me let me think on that. Mutant Bam Hammer says, "What is Stuckies?" <sighs> First of all, Mutant Bam Hammer, welcome to uh, the chat. I don't think I've ever seen that name in here before. Hope uh, if if this is the first time, I'm glad you're here. Glad you found us. Hope you stick around. Uh, what is Stuckies? He says. Stuckies, back in the 60s and 70s especially, <clears throat> Stuckies were found all across the country on the side of the highway. Kind of a convenience store type of, of place where you can find, where you could find tchotchkes and candy and... Pecan logs. I mean, that was what they were famous for, the pecan logs. And did they do, um, didn't they do, um, oh, what was the other thing that they did all that time? Um, peanut brittle. Didn't they do peanut brittle? <coughs> yeah, it was kind of like the Bucky's. Kind of like Bucky's is now. And I, and I, I don't think it's an accident that Bucky's sounds like Stuckies. I don't think that's an accident. Bucky's would be a good, a good one to to contact too as a sponsor. Like, hey, let's do some stuff. I'm gonna have to think about it. Yeah, the kids' travel games, the bingo, the the road, the roadside on the road bingo, car bingo, back scratchers, shot glasses. I mean, Stuckies had it all. Yeah. Plastic alligators. It was a fun time. You'd stop, you're on the road. You're going to Grandma's house. You stop at Stucky's. You get yourself a snack and a drink. And you get back on the road. <clears throat> I... We've had now we've had we've had Stucky's as an advertiser before when we were broadcasting from uh Worldcon, I think. Planet Comic Con. So one of those. I'd like it to be a regular basis. Stephanie, really? We can help you. <clears throat> All right. <coughs> uh, don't recognize mutant bam hair have a distinctive George Banks Peppy. <laughs> now, see I, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to do uh, better about seeing people for the first time in here. So if you've been in here before and I missed it, I'm sorry, but it's always good to have you. All right. Somehow I managed to go almost an hour and I didn't intend to do that. So I'm going to wrap it up there. My condolences to the people who are losing their jobs over comic book resources. I'm not going to neener neener. That would be disrespectful and unprofessional. Uh, but there is there is a couple of phrases that come to mind on the order of actions breed consequences 
So anyway. All right, that is it for us today. Coming up tonight, <clears throat> The Ranker Pit, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. We're going to be talking about the second three episodes, episodes 4, 5, and 6 of uh, Star Wars Visions Season 2. I'm still not, uh, not very impressed with it at all. And then coming up tomorrow, let me get the graphic loaded up in there. Number 599, Open Line Friday, tomorrow. So you could call in, share your thoughts, ask your questions. And then we have on Saturday... Uh, Saturday morning, Good Morning Multiverse at 11 a.m. Eastern, followed by number 600 on a special night, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. I don't know what we're going to do for this one yet, but we're going to have fun. Maybe. We'll see. It might be a short show. If I don't get some sleep. All right, that's it for today, folks. Thanks very much for being here. Uh, yes, the Discord has been mentioned in the chat. Here are all of the different uh, uh, social media platforms where you can find us. There's a newsletter you can sign up for that I haven't put out in a while. And uh, different video platforms where you can, you can sign up. Uh, Odyssey and YouTube, we have memberships available in addition to just subscribe to the channel. And we're trying to get our YouTube subscriber count up to 2,500 by Saturday. I don't think we're going to hit that mark, but that's okay. Do connect with us on Odyssey and Rumble, just in case. Thanks for being here, folks. Remember, the politicians hate you. The media lies to you. God has a plan for you. And there are four lights. Go say happy birthday to Tom over at Midnight's Edge. Bye. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 